Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm Ryan Cabrera, your co-host, and I'm here in the beautiful Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Great to be here. Man, it is great to be here. I'll tell you what, we've got exciting stuff going on. We do. If this is your first time here with us, make sure you hit that subscribe button or that like button or whatever the button is that makes it so that you see stuff from us uh, over and over again. If you're on YouTube, there's a little bell that you can click. That way you'll get uh, notifications when we put our new episodes out. We only put out content once or twice a week, so you don't have to worry about getting bombarded with stuff uh, all day, every day. Right. Same thing with Facebook. Um, We don't post a lot of stuff, but what we do post is usually... Uh, good, you know, long-form, valuable stuff. Like today, we're studying uh, the chapter four of the book of Matthew. Um, we are Christians with Torah. So, for you know, you newbies out there, um, we're Christians. We believe in uh, Jesus, Yeshua, uh, as the Son of God. We believe in the foundational Christian doctrines, and uh, but we also believe that the Bible is relevant from Genesis to Maps, right? The Torah, the writings, the prophets, the history books, right? And the epistles and the gospels, the New Testament, all that. So we believe all the way through Genesis to Revelation is relevant for our lives yeah, Genesis today. Genesis to Maps. Genesis to Maps, that's right. Um, so we're thankful that you're here with us today. Uh, we have an exciting guest coming to Beit Tehillah this coming week. So literally this coming Monday, we're going to have Mr. Tommy Waller from Hayavel. Uh, he lives in the land of Israel most of the time on the Mount of Blessing. Uh, uh, my son and I have been there to prune grapes with their ministry before, um, and they are just awesome people. So we're very excited to have him here with us on Monday evening. I don't know if we're going to have time for a podcast. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. But um, we'll at least have him and him speaking here on Monday night. I think night. we can have a podcast. Oh, I think we can too. I mean, I just don't want to promise something, you know, this is true. Without uh, we'll knowing you. for sure. Right. So we'll just surprise you. If if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So this week we're studying, like I said, the book of Matthew chapter 4. Um, if you want to see the last few weeks of podcasts, we've done chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. We're now in chapter 4 because it's the next chapter. <laughs> um, we have done four years of Torah portions, meaning we've taken you know every little section of the Torah, um, and this week, uh, you can go back and you can see all of those from, we have at least four episodes for every Torah portion in the Torah. So that's pretty cool. Um, but this week, we're going to jump into Matthew chapter four. There's 25 verses. There is. And there's actually three main points here. We have uh, Yeshua is tempted by the devil. Point number one. Uh, point number two, Yeshua begins his ministry. Um, well, that's two. And then three is uh, the calling of the first four disciples. And the fourth point that I have here is the healing ministry of Yeshua. Wow. He ministers to the multitudes. Praise so let's God. look at Yeshua is tempted by the devil. Um, we're not going to go into this um, in the readings right now. We'll read a little more later. But uh, we'll get to the point of what's happening here. So Yeshua is baptized. Right. does a mikvah. And then he's going to be going out into the wilderness. The wilderness is a place of empowerment, okay? And so basically, 
If Ryan, Ryan, let's go ahead and just read like the first, just go ahead and read um, the first four verses. Okay. So, so this, just so we lay a foundation. Last night, Miss Joanne Ciceri made the point that the last verse of chapter 3, verse 17, was that suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then we begin chapter 4 with, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. I bet he was. <laughs> now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Wow. So the wilderness is a place of empowerment. Right. So remember, and testing apparently. Remember that uh, he is from the seed of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. So he comes from that line, the line of Judah. And so we have to be uh, aware of the simple fact that the children of Israel experienced a lot of things early on. Yeah. From Abraham to going into Egypt to coming out of Egypt to all these things. Uh, the monarchy, the time of the judges. So anyway, I'm only saying that because now all of a sudden, you know, we have um, the children of Israel came out of Egypt. Yeah. Yeshua had to go down to Egypt. Yeah. I've called my son out of Egypt and Hosea, that prophecy. And then, of course, he had to, um, and it's interesting because they, they all did a mikvah or a baptism, the children of Israel, when they crossed the Red Sea, right? Yeah. Before they went into the wilderness. Huh, that's true. So Yeshua is going to go into the water like the Red Sea. That's right. And he's going to begin his ministry. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Mm-hmm. Now he's got to go to the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights, and he's going to pass the test. So the bottom line is that you're not meant to stay in the wilderness. No, of course not. You have to come out of the wilderness. Uh, it's a place of empowerment. So you know? empowerment is the end result. Right. So you're going to go through the wilderness to be tested, but you shouldn't camp out there or stay there. So, so tested, you know, in other words, would be like proved. Yes, yeah, it says to be tempted of the devil. Another one would be refined, right. right? To be refined. So any of those things, the end result at the end is better, that you come out better than you started. You don't come out of the wilderness in a worse state. Now, you may feel <laughs> like you're going through some toughness, right? Yeah. When you refine gold or silver, Tests, trials, and tribulations. you heat it up, you melt it, right? So you go through the fire, so to That's speak. Right. So, so, the, so he, he was... Uh, he was led up of the spirit into the wilderness. He was led by the spirit. Notice that. Yeah. To be tempted of the devil. Uh, and so who was it that came to Yeshua after he had fasted 40 days and nights and was hungry? The King James says the tempter. So the tempter is there, you know. Uh, and, you know, this is, goes back to, uh, you know, uh, it actually goes back to the tempter was there. So I would look at, uh, let's see here. I think it's right around here. in Corinthians is kind of interesting. Um, go to Second Corinthians, but I thought this was quite profound when I was reading this. Because uh, here comes the tempter at Yeshua; he's coming. He says this: uh, "Would to God in Second uh, Corinthians eleven one, would to God ye could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me." For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So he's like the best man yes. at, the, at the Gentile wedding. Yep, yep. Verse 3, But I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, 
uh, to your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So, but I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve. Mm-hmm. He's crafty. Right. See, he's coming at her. So the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is where she fell into the trap. Her husband ate as well. And this is where we get, of course, uh, sickness and disease and death. Now, why, why am I bringing this up? It's because it says right here in Matthew, right? It says right here. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The little, the little tempter there. Yeah. And uh, the number 40 means testing. And Yeshua is going to be tested. Two references to f- the number 40 in Genesis 7, 4, 40 days and 40 nights it rained. So Noah. Noah. In Numbers 14, verses 32 through 34, because they altered God's purpose, 10 spies are going to give a bad report, die of a plague. But he says, because of those 40 days, I'm going to turn it into 40 years of and, wandering in the wilderness. And then Moses goes up the mountain two or three times, depending on what scholar you're talking That's true. to. That's true. Each time for 40 days That's and 40 right. nights. And so, then Yeshua yeah. is now in the wilderness for 40. So, so let's, let's kick it off here because there's going to be three temptations. Oh, Three yeah. challenges oh, yeah. to, to, to the Lord. It says here in Deuteronomy, uh, well, it's, that's one of the references, but cross-reference, but Matthew chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. When the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The cross-reference is, of course, Deuteronomy 8, 3. Right. So turn these stones into bread because, hey, you're hungry, you're starving, you know. The point was made that uh, Moses fasted 40 days and 40 nights, didn't eat or drink. Right. And here's the Messiah coming out of the wilderness. He passed the test of of fasting. And now in his weak state, he's like, hey, turn these stones into bread if you're the son of God. I mean, you can do it. Right. Why not go ahead and do it? You know, when I was looking at this, I was looking at this as the temptation of provision. That uh, sometimes we can see the temptation of provision, money, whatever it is that we would run after or go after. Um, And then also uh, comparing this to what Satan told Eve, right? Right. She was the first thing it says that she'd, when she saw it, when she was tempted by it, she said it's good, right? She says good looking, right? And, and good for food, that it would be good for food. So she made the, you know, the connection that it would be good for food. So good for provision in some way, shape or form, what the devil was offering her. The same thing is being offered to Yeshua here, but what does he do? He just repeats the word of God back to the devil. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of interesting. Now notice he recognizes the son of God, you know? Oh yeah. Remember when he was casting out the devils, the devils would say, have you come to judge us? Yeah. (laughs) So like they already knew it. Yeah. That's another thing kind of gets me. They knew the son of God. Right. So how could you say he's, that God has no son, you know? Yeah. God begets no son. That's what Islam actually says in Arabic around the Dome of the Rock. Right. God has no son. He begets no son. So, so anyway, um, he quotes the word, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So discuss why we need the word of God. Um, Why do we need the word of God? My group came up with all kinds of cool stuff. I know. So I was, I was pretty impressed. Um, one of the things they said was to counter the enemy. So specific to this example, I would say, check. That's a, a correct answer, right? To counter the enemy, that when the enemy lies, because he's the father of lies, that we can counter the enemy by speaking God's word. And then that goes along with that. The second thing was no to no truth, right? So c- back again, right? The enemy's the father of lies. 
when we know the word of God, we know truth. Because Yeshua is truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. His word is truth, right? right? He is the word. Um, counter the enemy. I yep. like that. Somebody said power over the enemy. So I kind of think that goes along with um, countering the enemy. But so you have no way of measuring life unless you have the word of God. Amen. So Amen. if you have an opportunity, hey, I could steal this, this item. One of, his, one, of his, one of the answers was his word is life, right? His word is life. Um, also that we can declare God's promises. And so one of the things is that we can activate God's vows, right? Because God has made his promises are vows. So we can activate those vows by declaring his promises back to him. You know, hey, God, you know, it's, it's not good to throw God's word back in his face in a twisted manner, the way the devil right. does it, because that's how the devil does it. He says, oh, just, you know, turn this into bread, you know? Right. Um, but he repeats the, the true word back to him. And then last but not least, that if we hide God's word in our heart, it'll keep us from sinning against him. And that's true. So it has teachings and instructions, which is the Torah. Yep. And it shows us what sin is. Yes. So God's word is pretty powerful. It is. You know, you just you don't want to go in there and tear it apart. It Take is. the King James Bible, believe every word. <laughs> I've always wondered that when people talk about the Torah, like if if you know that sin, the way you measure sin is by the law of God, then if we're not supposed to continue sinning, then how is the law done away with? Like I just, I never... Well, I love that he gives us the Holy Spirit to empower us. Amen. That's the good news. So let's continue on in the second... Um, temptation set of temptations here then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him if thou be the son of god cast thyself down for it is written he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone jesus said unto him it is written again thou shalt not tempt the lord thy god and of course, we can find this in Matthew chapter four, verses five through seven. Can you can you just repeat that word right there for me one more time? Pinnacle. You said you said pinnacle. I thought maybe it was your British pinnacle? heritage or pinnacle? something. Pinnacle. I was pinnacle. Like, <laughs> I did say pinnacle. <laughs> did you say it again? You caught me. It's pinnacle. Yeah, but it was just funny. I thought pinnacle. maybe maybe it was like the old chap. Oh, the pinnacle. The yeah. The pinnacle. <laughs> the old chap inside of you coming yeah. out. Septuagint. Septuagint. I mean, so anyway, the, the pinnacle. <laughs> Of the temple. Yes. Now, tippy top. There's a quote from Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12, and Deuteronomy 6 16. So the devil's quotation of Psalm 91, verses 11 through 12, is a blatant misuse of scripture in an effort to manipulate Yeshua. Right. And what's cool is Psalm 91, we know, is a messianic psalm, right? Psalm 91. And so it's saying that it to, he knows he's speaking to the Messiah, quoting a messianic psalm to him, hey, God is going to give his angels charge over you, right? That he's going to protect you. Well, you know, I would say that Jesus at this time is not outside time or nature because he's a human being. Right. But he can operate outside of time and nature if he so chooses. But he didn't choose that. No, he didn't. He didn't need to do that. That was like uh, showboating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Showboating or whatever it is. Um, the word tempt uh, means to test thoroughly. The word tempt means to test thoroughly. Yeah. So that's 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 what's going on. To right reprove, there. right? That's that's that that's that purge, you know, to purge of iniquity. Don't tempt the Lord. I'll give you an example how we can tempt the Lord. Let's say you learn about the Shabbat, and you go to your boss and you say, "I need Shabbat off. I just discovered the commandment of the Shabbat." Mm-hmm. And he says, "Well, no, you can't have it off." And you say, "Well, I quit," or you get fired. Yeah. Now you're not providing for your family. You're tempting the Lord. 
you got to give things time. You got to let God move. Yeah. And then you realize after the fact, you know. Yeah. Just like when you come to the revelation of something, it takes time sometimes for it to manifest, to work itself out. Yeah. It's kind of like Joseph's dream, and he says, "Hey, you guys are bowing down to me," you know. And yeah. He didn't like keep it in context, or it was he kind of slipped up a little bit there. I think. You know, it's, it, it reminds me because because I can kind of see it both ways um, with that scenario, right? That having radical faith, right, to to do things is right. obviously good. But then there's the example of Pincus, and we when we lift up Pincus, you know, right. from from his example of spearing through and stopping the plague and all of that. But that's not the way that things are supposed to be done on a regular basis, right? That's a special example. Um, but the way that we live our daily lives is in a way of of bringing people back into the fold through redemption, through calling out sin for what it is, giving people the opportunity to repent and things like that. It's kind of like if we don't use common sense, how can God save us? <laughs> right. I mean, sometimes we can just do right. some stupid things. Some boneheaded and, things, yeah. And just say, hey, you know, it's kind of like, you know, people that go to the land of Israel, but they're not called yet. Spits right. them back out, they end up yeah. coming back and having a bad experience. May that not be us. I know. No, it won't be. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, uh, we should never base our life on our opinions, but what is written in the word of God. You know, so I, that's so important as we can discuss oh, yeah. God's word, you uh, know, especially right now with this whole CDC thing and the vaccinations and masks and, you know, what can we base our life on right now based upon the word of God in our, in our crisis of a pandemic? Yeah. What verses can we pull up or use without taking it out of context? You know, I don't want to get into it too much because... We've got a lot to cover here, and um, but it, you know when when you when you sit around and that's why you know I don't I don't like to to, to to sit around and gossip and yeah we need to have an idea of okay let's be productive you know my pastor's table is like that we we come together every Friday and we encourage one another we talk about some things but we're never like de- degrading anybody or talking about anybody and putting anybody down yeah we talk about situations and experiences and life and so it's kind of cool but. Um, as we continue on here, uh, we've already had two temptations and this one is again, the devil taketh them up into an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence Satan for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. That's Matthew chapter four, verses eight through 10. So, you know, God loves the world but not the system of the world. Yeah. And you know, I'll tell you something. Some people were saying, well, it's not his to give, but it is. Check this out. Satan is the prince of this world and the God of this world. Yeah. And we don't have to go there, but I'll give you the references. John 12, 31, 14, 30, 16, 11, and 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this world has even blinded people to the gospel. Absolutely. So when people say, hey, I sold my soul to the devil, you sure did. I'm pretty sure that 1611 one is where it says uh, that the Holy Spirit will approve the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And then when it gets to right. judgment, it says because the ruler of this world right. has been judged. You know, and, Well, and, what is he? He's yeah. the ruler of this world. But, you know, Jesus gave us the keys to the kingdom back to us Amen. in the fall of Adam, in the second Adam. So, so Satan is the prince of this world and the God of this world. Uh, we were created to worship God. 
And if you cannot worship him now, what makes you think you will worship him later? Mm. And we have three references here. If you could just go to Isaiah 43, 21. We'll just read that one about worshiping. Yeah. So Psalm 150. And Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6 is all about praise and praising him and praise, yeah. different ways to praise. Uh, yeah. Isaiah 43, 21, you're going to read. Okay, yeah, sorry. And then, of course, okay. in John chapter 4, verses 23 and 24, makes mention of uh, the woman at the well. God wants those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. Everybody's thinking about a place like Jerusalem and that's where his name is. That's important. Don't get me wrong. There's a place for that. But uh, you can worship him in spirit and in truth anywhere. So let's check out Isaiah 43, 21. It says, this people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. Hallelujah. I know. You know, the last verse in Psalm 150 is, um, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. But that word breath there is not ruach. I believe that it's neshama. Let everything that has a soul. So let every soul praise the Lord. And one of the things that it says here is, right, that God formed us for himself. So we're different than the animals because right. we have a soul. We can reason. We Exactly right. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, so, like I said, the question is, you know, we were created to worship God. If you cannot worship him now, what makes you think you will worship him later? So yeah. uh, that's the first thing Adam was doing was, was worshiping God. Yeah. Now, uh, what takes, what has taken the place of your worship to God? And I have a few things that you can share. Yeah. Just in, 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 in this part of it, uh, in 2 Timothy 3, 4, in 2 Timothy 3, 4, it says, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Mm. So you can love pleasure more than God. That's one of the problems about yeah. that. Um, in Mark chapter 4, verse 19, and Matthew 13, 23, we have what could, what could take the place of our worship. The deceitfulness of riches and the care of this world. Yeah, chokes out the word. Deceitfulness of riches and the care of this word. Listen, when it says choke out the word, there's no life left in it. Ooh. You've totally walked away. You've choked yeah. it out. There's no breath. Well, it's almost like you choke off like a hose and then nothing can flow through it anymore. So something's happened to You've choke stopped off. stopped it. You stopped the flow of, yeah. of oxygen. Uh, the deceitfulness of riches that can take the place of your worship. Oh yeah. So what happened after the devil left Yeshua? Well, hang on. I mean, I got I got to tell you mine. You know. All right. If I had to say one thing, I'd say it's busyness. Oh, busyness. There, that's good. Busyness. Um, I think one of the things that the not business. Not well. So it's funny because I, oh. I. It's funny to say that I misspelled. It My first. Is, oh no. Because you know when you add nes to the end of a word that ends in y, right? You put an i. But it spells business when you do that. And for me, that hits home because I'm a business owner. Business. I focus a lot on business and you right. know, how to improve things and grow things. Um, and all that's well and good. God created me entrepreneurially. I mean, I, he, he created me the way that I am. So I believe that I'm, I'm called to be in business. And I focus a lot on ministry in business through different things and all that. But busyness is where he gets us. He gets single moms this way. He gets stay-at-home moms this way. He gets people in the workforce this way. Because what do we do? We end up getting caught up with everything else. Right. And it pushes God to the side. And then we end up becoming God, whether directly or indirectly, because we're going to take the place of God by doing everything for ourselves. That's right. I know personally that I have the most success in business when I'm focused on the Lord. So when I get my priorities right and I seek first the kingdom and I put right. things in their proper order yeah. and I'm worshiping God, right. and I know when I'm not, right? I'll, I'll be stressed out, yeah. I'll be frustrated, and then I'll look back and be like, man, when was the last time I prayed? And just right. stop, right? When was the last time I worshiped, you know? Right. Man, I, I, and then I know immediately, this is why things are going the way that they are. So I stop, I pray, 
I receive the peace of God through his Holy Spirit. Right. And then somehow things work out. That's true. You know, I mean, it's just funny how that works. But busyness for me, I would that's say, that's why is the, the number church one keeps thing. us steady. Yeah. Because well, well, you can only backslide for a week, right? Yeah, that's it. You can only backslide for a week. <laughs> so the question, once again, is what happened after the devil left Yeshua? Matthew 4 11. This is cool. Angels came and ministered to him. Now that's kind of cool. I'm a little jealous because, like, when I'm having this stuff go that's on. That's right. What, where are the angels to minister to But I started to thinking about something. What about human beings? Can God send angels to minister to human beings? Check yeah. out this. How about Elijah? Yeah. yeah angels yeah. ministers to Elijah. First uh, Kings 19, verses 4 through 8. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake bacon on the coals and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the Mount of God. Yeah. Which is where he's heading towards Mount Sinai. Right. Which is, of course, the modern day country of Saudi Arabia. Right. So he's, he's heading in that direction. So that's where we have that, which is kind of interesting. It's really cool. Um, of course, angels play a big part in the, in the Gospels. So why don't you go ahead and take over uh, Matthew 4, uh, verses 12 through 17. Why don't you go ahead and check out and, and, and give us that title. Yeah, what, a, what an honor. So Matthew chapter 4, verses 12 through 17, this section is titled, Yeshua Begins His Ministry. There you go. Yeshua Begins. You know, I remember turning 30. I was coming here to Beit Tehillah. And uh, I think right around that time, I got to play Jesus in like one of our little productions that we did. And I was like, man, yeah. you know, this is cool. You wow, know? perfect um, age. I know. I was so excited. So Yeah, I'm too old to play Jesus. I grew I get, this. I get out of it It's now. funny. I, most people like can't imagine me without a beard at this point, right? My wife won't let me shave it. But I grew this beard to play Jesus. See, there you go. And before that, I couldn't grow a beard. Like, it was all patchy and terrible. But I did it. I was like, I like that. I'm going to grow a beard to, so I can do Jesus right. All right, so because, you know, a clean-shaven Jesus. You got it. Kind of funny. So, all right, where did Jesus go after he heard that John the Baptist was cast into prison? Well, uh, you know, John the Baptist prepared the way of the Lord. He departed into Galilee, leaving Nazareth, and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali. Zebulun and Naphtali. And so I'll, I hold this up to the camera um, so you guys can get an idea, but... Uh, I don't know how well they're going to be able to see that. I can put it up on the, yeah. I can edit it in there. But cool. But basically the Galilee Sea you see up here at the top, and then all along the coast is all the Naphtali region on the west side of uh, the Sea of Galilee. And then just um, southwest of that is, I'm sorry, yeah, just southwest of that is Zebulun. Right. And then com directly south Yeah, is, check out is your is maps, the 12 tribes, when, yep. you, when you have your Bible maps. Yep. Check out the 12 tribes. If you look at Zebulun and, uh, and Naphtali... That is the area of the Galilee. Right. And so Nazareth, um, I believe, is to the west, and then Capernaum is on the north coast of the Galilee. Right. Right. So with all that in mind, I was thinking about this, and it doesn't really say that he fled in fear or anything, but I believe Yeshua being a smart man, right. he left in it wisdom. Time. It was time. It was time to start his ministry. John the Baptist got thrown into prison. Right. And what was he doing? He was preparing the way for Yeshua. That's so. Right. We didn't want to prepare the way for Yeshua to go to prison. No. We wanted to prepare the way for Yeshua no to minister. minister. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, no prison ministry for Jesus. So he went up north to get away from, I think, Jerusalem and the area of Judea so that the temple guard and all you those know, people weren't going to come after him. I'd like to throw out a point. Herod's people. I'd like to throw out a point. Sure. Later on, we know that John the Baptist is going to be beheaded. I know. Because of a loose-lipped woman. Yeah. And, and Herod's going to keep his, uh, you know, his vow yeah. to what she asked. That the she, one time he keeps his promise, have. right? <laughs> but I'll only say this, though. You know, he really came after Herod for marrying his brother's wife. And he for really stealing his brother's him. wife, yeah. Now, here's the thing. Maybe he wasn't meant to go after Herod like that. Maybe he was meant to, to teach repentance and prepare the way and all that. And he kind of just... Uh, got too big for his britches to mm-hmm. some degree. We can do that. We can say something or do something that's not in our line of ministry or whatever. Mm-hmm. And remember that Jesus wept yeah. when he found out. Of course. You know, so just think about the things that we bring on ourself or the things that God brings on us. Yeah. Did we do it to ourself? Just something to think about. But we will be able to ask John the Baptist. Yeah. Were you inspired of the Lord to come after Herod and embarrass him and call him out in front of everybody? Yeah. You know, because like when he was out doing the uh, mikvahs, the Sadducees and Pharisees came. He called them brood of vipers and stuff, but they were on his turf. Right, right, but right. But he right. went out of his way to really call out Herod and, and, and embarrass him, and he called him out. Now, I'm not yeah. saying that it wasn't of God or it was of God. I'm just asking, could it be that maybe he should not have done that? Yeah. I wonder, too. I, I'll wonder tell you what this, though. what would happened to him. You know, John the Baptist speaking, you know, what they say, truth to power, despite the consequences, you know, um, when he speaks to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, when they come out to him, you know, he's probably talking to his followers, telling them, don't be like these guys that preach one thing and do another. And so when they show up on the scene, you know, I'm sure he probably felt uh, that it would be hypocritical not to at least tell them. You know, mm-hmm. because in his mind, I truly believe that his whole thought process is about repentance. Right. And people are not going to come to repentance if there's not some force pressing them. They say uh, the pain of, of not changing has to be less than the right. pain or has to be greater than the pain of changing. Right. And that's when change happens. Let's do it. So. Number eight. All right. So the, the prophecy of Zebulun and Naphtali. Uh, this is Matthew chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. It says here, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw a great light, and to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Is and that's it? quoting Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. That that area, that's why we want to show you the maps, that area is where he grew up. Yeah. And it says the prophecy was that there would be a light that would come from that. Right. I've never really heard anybody discuss that part of it. Interesting. But I found it, but not in the commentary. Right. I didn't find it anywhere. Yeah. There's a play on the word Nazarene, but I'm saying that if you look at Zebulun and Naphtali, that's, even in Zebulun, that's where Nazareth is located. Right. Today, the modern day city of, of Nazareth or yeah. where Jesus was raised. Yeah, and I think last week or the week before we discussed Nazareth as a whole. Um, just the understanding that Nazareth is, right. you know, Gal- part of Galilee of the Gentiles. Yeah, they, he, they, he was in the northern kingdom. Why? He, he said, I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's right. So he was born a Judite, right, yep. in Bethlehem, yep. like the prophecy, like King David. Yep. But then he goes where? To Egypt. Yeah, he goes to Egypt, then he comes back, and he raised in Nazareth. Right, because— Then the, he yeah. establishes headquarters in, in Capernaum. Capernaum, right. So, 
See what you got. So the city of Nazareth is located in the tribal territory of Zebulun, and the tribe of Naphtali's territory was located on the west side of the Sea of Galilee, which uh, we talked about that on the map. That's right. And Yeshua set up his headquarters in Capernaum, which is located directly north on the Sea of Galilee. You know, right. and even to this day, when you go to Israel and you're in Judea and Samaria, they have what's called regional councils, um, because the governing bodies in Judea and Samaria, it's a little looser than, you know, being kind of directly right. uh, governed by the state of Israel. And so they have these regional councils, but the regional councils are named based on the tribal territories, like the, you know, the Benjamin territory, Naphtali territory, all that. Um, now, this is cool, because w- we know that uh, we know that John the Baptist has been put in jail, right. right? So he's in prison. So Yeshua, being wise, goes up north. Right. And what did Yeshua begin to preach and say once he gets there? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Praise God. Now, here's what's cool. Uh, this is the first time, I believe, in Matthew that it says that Yeshua is preaching. So the first thing he says when he's preaching is repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's right. Now, these same words he says at the beginning of the book of Mark, the first quoted words of Yeshua in the book of Mark, and uh, I believe it's Mark 1.15, he says, uh, the time is fulfilled, right? Uh, Repent and believe this gospel, right? Right. But the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe this gospel. So he says basically the exact same things. We see a correlation between those two gospels and that the first thing, the main point of Jesus' message, repent, Turn away from the old lifestyle right. and go God's way. That's right. And so the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are interchangeable. Uh, the term kingdom of heaven is only found in the gospel of Matthew. Everywhere else it says the kingdom of God. Right. Now, here's our discussion question. It says right here, the, 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 yeah. What? Well, I, I was just thinking of uh, John the Baptist in Matthew 3, 2. And saying, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Yep. So it's consistent. And that yeah. was my point, right? That's the theme. He's preparing the way, right. make, building awareness, and noting that he's not the Messiah. He gets thrown into prison, and now Yeshua picks up right. where he left off. That's right. So why is repentance needed to have a relationship with God? I'm going to say God is holy and knows no sin. Mm. So he sets up these requirements to be with him and meet him, right. to be near him, to come near him, to know him. Right. So God is holy, knows no sin, so he has to set up, you know, procedures. Sure. Policies and procedures. Yeah. Basically. That makes sense. You can't just go backstage if you don't have a backstage pass. Yeah. I, I look at it and I see, um, you know, from even just from the fall of man and this relationship that we have with God, that God wants us to choose him. But choosing him can't just be some flighty thing. It just can't right. be, you know, some uh, side note that right. when we choose God, it has to be a, a main driving force. Look at that. The calls are coming in. They sure are. <laughs> Praise God. to fix that. That when we, right now. when we choose God, it has to be a whole choice. And I think that repenting of our former ways and our former self and dying to ourself and choosing him, I think, in a complete manner, I, I believe, is... is because I was trying to consider what is the purpose of the repentance piece. I mean, I understand God is holy, but that's built into an because outer construct. Because we have an evil inclination, and we're mortal, and we're fragile, frail. Yeah. And we're like to do, you know, and then, but uh, we have to use our conscience and realize that um, 
It's a holy God. Yeah, and I just I just believe that I guess repentance is the only way to really choose God. You can't muddy the waters with Him. Right. It's there's there's it's riding the fence is everything else. Everything else is riding the fence, or on the other side. You right? know, accepting His Son is the greatest thing we could all do. Right. That's the key. Right. From there, we have Him. Right. Which is the greatest thing, you know. Uh, we have, of course, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22, the calling of the first four disciples. I've seen this in The Chosen. This is so cool. <laughs> Who were the first two disciples that Yeshua chose while walking by the Sea of Galilee, and what were they doing? So Simon, who we obviously know is called Peter, his brother Andrew, and they were fishing. They were fishing. They were fishing. Wow, the Sea of Galilee, freshwater. Mm-hmm. Some tilapia. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what. The, so, what did Yeshua say to them? He said, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." Pretty cool. That's interesting. Now, I was thinking about this. If somebody comes up to you right now and says, "Follow me," you're going to think, "Okay, they want to show me something," right? So, if he would have just said, "Follow me," then right. they probably wouldn't have caught on to the fact that this is like a commitment to right. like go where he goes, sleep where he sleeps, right. do what he does. You know, minister where he ministers, right. all of that. I mean, this is a, a total commitment to follow him that he's asking for. And it's clarified by, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, the cool thing about Yeshua is that he could choose his disciples. He knew what he was doing because he's God. That's right. So he picked all kinds. Right. Even right. a traitor. Yeah. The son of perdition. Ugh. Now, it's okay because, you know, discipleship Judas. is about those that come alongside you. And they want to, you know, serve you and come under you. Yeah. And that's how that works for us. But for him, he knew. He knew what yeah. he was doing. So he went on a little uh, disciple run. Uh, what were the names of the two sons of Zebedee that were mending their nets in a ship that Yeshua called out to follow him? Yeah. So this is uh, James and John. Sons of thunder. So you know what was funny? Um, I don't think I'm immune to like the whole, uh, what do they say? You know, trying to get first place. What do we always say? It is uh, something for position. Jockeying. I'm not a, I don't think I'm immune to jockeying for position. And in this case, I think I'd probably really want to jockey for position. There's James and John. And if I were to choose a nickname for myself in context of the Sons of Thunder, I would say lightning. Because lightning always comes before thunder. <laughs> <laughs> I got that from uh, Lightning McQueen in the cars, you know. So what comes first? Lightning and then thunder. That's true. That's thunder true. always comes after lightning. Sons of Thunder. So I'm sorry, Sons of Thunder. I'm lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you go. <laughs> I know, I'm thinking, okay. That's uh, deep. We can delve into the story a little longer. So there's four right there. Yeah. So discuss what you have given up to follow Yeshua. Here they are leaving their trade, their, yeah. their craft. So discuss what you have given up to follow Yeshua. You know, uh, I would say some friends, some family, um, although I didn't really have to give up much in the way of relationships because I, I kind of feel like, I was able to maintain relationships because I think we need to have grace and mercy for people. And if you have grace and mercy for people, then you're not going to really lose too much there. But Cynthia, who was in my group last night, she had the best answer. And she said, my own will. And I was like, man, there's no better answer than that. I mean, I, I just hard stop, right? My own will, because it's not his, our will, right? It's his will. And even Yeshua models that for us. Um, That's true. I, 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 the only thing I put on here was what came to my mind. The first thing is my old friends. Yeah. Right. My old right. friends. You know what? Christmas and Easter my came to friends. mind, you know, um, even to some degree Halloween, although we were never really big on Halloween. Right. Um, but then the other thing was pride. Because when you follow Yeshua, you've got you to gotta humble yourself 
or you're going to be humbled. This is true. And there's just no way, word. no way around That's a that. good word for today. Yeah, oh boy. All right, what do you got here? So we've uh, developed uh, three subject matters here. We've got uh, Yeshua is tempted by the devil. We have Yeshua begins his ministry. We have the calling of the first four disciples, which is subject number three. Last but not least, what do we have here? We have the healing ministry of Yeshua. Wow. It's kicking in the gear now. Right. That's good. Oh, yeah. That's so powerful. You got to read it. It's so powerful. You want me to read it? Yeah. It's like verses it. 23 to 25. It's so power packed. It's like. Whew. So when Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those who were possessed with devils and those who were lunatic and those who had the palsy and he healed them. So we have in our facilitators outline, uh, fill in the blanks. Right. And the blanks are this. We have a Galilee healing Sickness, disease, sick, torments, devils, healed. Those are all fill in the blanks for those two verses. But wow, all manner of sickness, all manner of disease. Yeah. And uh, all sick people, uh, torments, possessed with devils, uh, the lunatics, those that had the palsy, and he healed them. Wow, yeah. That's a lot of stuff in there. Oh, yeah. that That's definitely a healing ministry. Because what did the, the sin do in the Garden of Eden? It brought sickness and disease. Right. And it brought devils. The devil came in, and once you realize, hey, you know, the world's not my friend, and yeah, Jesus man. is a healer, and there'd be healing in his wings. The woman reached out and grabbed the zeet zeets, you know, she knew the prophecy. So, you know, there's a, there's a, there's, there's, Wow sickness and disease yeah it's pretty bad so um so he goes around and actually lists five areas that yeshua went around um and multiples well, multitudes these were, these were the people who came from right okay i'm sorry i'm sorry he, he's going around all galilee right yeah region but it says five areas uh multitudes of people came they from came from it to follow was, yeshua uh, galilee Decapolis, which is Decapolis means 10, 10 cities. Oh, wow. Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond Jordan. Wow. That's interesting. It is interesting. And Israel's at peace with Jordan right now. Hmm. That's very interesting. So people got the word that he was doing these things, and then they all came in droves. So it was it was obviously something that was needed. People uh, also at that time were expecting the Messiah to come. And so when they hear of signs and wonders, they want to see it for themselves, right? There's no YouTube back then. So they literally had to show up right, in order to see what was going on. And so uh, not to mention that people that had diverse diseases were being healed. So if you had a problem and you start hearing, hey, there's a man right. who on him is the Spirit of God, and that he's healing. And they were anticipating the Messiah at that time, too, though, you know. Oh, absolutely. They were waiting for him because it was the fourth day. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you think about that. So, uh, yeah. So what do you got for me? So we got two points that can be learned uh, from the book of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through uh, 25. You want me to go first? or you Yeah, can you can go first. Go first. Right, I'll go first. So the first one for me was to hide God's word in your heart. Hide God's word in your heart. The new covenant is that he would put 
his word, his Torah, in our minds and our hearts. But why? So that we will have power over the enemy, right? So that we will be able to not sin against him, that we would be in covenant with him, that we could have a good, you know, fulfilling relationship with God, um, that we would hear his word and receive direction. I mean, there's so many good reasons that we would want to hide the word of God in our heart. And then uh, my second one was about repentance. Um, You know, I think that repentance is a, a continuous effort because we as people have layers. And so we repent of all the, you know, all the normal stuff, you know, smoking, drinking, you know, whatever, all those other things. And, uh, and we get rid of those things. We shed those things off of our life, but then God really allows us to deal with the root of the issues so that we can find those things and we can kind of pluck them out and repent of those things and become what conformed to the image and likeness of Yeshua. That's right. Those are some good points from Matthew chapter four, verses one through 25. My my two points are the Lord will not allow us to be tempted more than we can bear. First Corinthians 10, 13. Yep. Now, he can put on you whatever he wants. Right. But he won't allow this temptation, and God's not tempting us. He just says that he but, allows but he, an escape. But he says that uh, he won't put more of a temptation on us than we can bear. Yeah. But Praise he God. can put a lot of other things on us. Sure can. Test trials and tribulations. Ooh. But when it comes to temptation, he won't try to just let you be, be done in it. And God doesn't tempt us. It's yeah. really our own evil inclination. For sure. Uh, number two, I just want to put down here... Um, because Yeshua went about healing everybody, yeah. sickness and disease and deliverance. I put this, by his stripes we are healed. Praise God. Isaiah 53, 5. He not only did the healing in his name and his power, but he took a beating so that we could be healed. Wow. His physical body. By his stripes we are healed. Yeah. So that's how bad sin is. You know, cat of nine tails across your back. Oh, you know, man. I just, you know, the, the, the thing about suffering, though, that's not really God's kingdom. But that's what sin brings, suffering and blood and torn flesh. You know, he, he obviously... Nails in your hands and feet. And was a man. Like, it, was, it just wasn't enough just to spit on him. I mean. No, but when I, think of, when I think of what you're saying, I think that people also have to recognize the innocence of Yeshua. He had the innocence of a child, right? And so imagine that a child is being punished for your sins, and I think that hits home a little better because you, right. you get an understanding of exactly what happened there. Somebody who had never sinned, never done anything wrong. That's good. And That's a good chapter. And then he's being punished for your sins. So, wow, why don't you pray us out? All That's right. pretty good stuff. So, uh, Father, we just thank you for this incredible chapter that uh, we are to go in the wilderness and be empowered, but to come out into the promised land and obedience. And so, Father, we thank you for the example that Yeshua gave us, that it is written, that we don't have to sit around and give opinions or tell people what we think. We can tell the devil and those around us, this is what is written. And so we thank you for that opportunity that Yeshua gave us. And even greater works than these shall we do, because he has gone on to be with you, the, the Heavenly Father. We thank you, Yeshua. Once again, greater works than these shall we do. And so we just look forward to that. And we just come before you, Lord, and we're just so excited about what you're doing. And uh, we ask this in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. Wow. Okay. Well, like I said in the beginning, you guys can uh, like and subscribe. You made it this far and you have comments or questions, you can email me at ryan at twopraise.net. That's R-Y-A-N at twopraise.net. We love you guys. Have a great week.